So again, this is something that we often kind of put the burden for intercultural communication on our international students. And we wanted to kind of take a step back from that and think, well, intercultural communication means people from all the cultures are working together. So no matter where the TA is from, they're definitely going to have a classroom experience where there's a diverse group of people. You're listening to Speaking of Language, a podcast recorded at the Language Resource Center at Cornell University. Each week, we explore a topic related to language pedagogy and second language acquisition. This week on Speaking of Language. Our colleagues from Cornell's International Teaching Assistant Program tell us about the support services they offer to our international graduate student community. Welcome to a new episode of Speaking of Language. I'm Angelica Kramer, the director of the Language Resource Center at Cornell University. And I'm Sam Lupowitz, the LRC's media manager. We look forward to speaking with our colleagues from ITAP today, Cornell's International Teaching Assistant Program. Welcome to Speaking of Language, Dorina, Jody, Jayshree, Mila, and Alice. Hi. Thank you. It's Hello. Great to be here. Hello. Hi. Thank you. How are you? <laughs> This is exciting. I don't think we've ever had these many guests on our show at once. So no, I think this is. I think the previous record was was four. So we've now we've crossed that bridge now. I like five. it. You you all take the cake. So let's start our conversation today by first of all having each of you briefly introduce yourself. Tell us what your role in ITAP is and what your background with languages looks like. Darina, why don't you get us started? Sure. Hello, Angelica and Sam. Thank you for having us on this show. Um, my name is Dorina Samuel, and I'm the Associate Director of, for Graduate Programming at the Center for Teaching Innovation. So in terms of where I'm from, I was, I was in Tanzania for the first few years of my life and then was educated kindergarten through master's in Zambia before I moved to the U.S. to pursue my Ph.D., and I've been told that my, the first language I spoke fluently was Swahili, but mm. unfortunately dropped it for English when we moved to Zambia um, as a young child. So English is really my first language, though I did learn to speak Malayalam somewhat fluently. Uh, that happens to be a palindrome. It's a southern, southern Indian language of my heritage. Oh, wow, how cool. I also learned French in high school, but unfortunately haven't used it in many years, so very little fluency mm. in that. Um, so I started working with ITAs over 20 years ago and have taught in the ITA program at Cornell University since 2009. And um, having been an ITA, my work with ITAs and ensuring their success in graduate school has been especially important to me. Mm -hmm. So I'll pass it on. Great, Jody. why don't you go next? Sure. Hi, I'm Jody Gabler, and um, I'm one of the instructors in the ITA program. Um, in terms of language background, I studied Spanish in high school and college, but never really progressed too much beyond being conversational. Um, but I've always loved languages. It's always been a passion of mine. And mm -hmm. so I ended up doing my graduate work in TESOL, which is teaching English to speakers of other languages. And I've been teaching English now for almost 20 years and, and really love it. And I'm glad to be able to do it here at Cornell. Wonderful. Jayshree, what about you? Yeah, thank you so much for having us on. Um, 
my mother tongue is tamil so i speak tamil but in addition i speak hindi and kannada and telugu because in india growing up you have to learn these additional languages we have mm-hmm. first second third languages um when i was a child i used to speak french and german but i've completely forgotten it so i don't think that counts see because uh, <laughs> my parents were traveling when i was young but as an adult i've i'm studying hebrew and for me that's been quite the learning adventure um my background is in science but i kind of drifted off to 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 languages because i find it fun and i teach for the itap program i've been teaching for the past 2 years and i also volunteer teach a zoom class for some students in rural india some rural parts of india so um that's just spoken english so um i just love the idea of exploring languages different yeah. mode of communication in different contexts wonderful that's great alice you're up next Hi, thanks for having us on the podcast. This is really fun. Um so um my name is Alice Wu and I teach in the International TA program. Um and I've actually taught in the program since I was a grad TA, huh? which I won't tell you when that was, but it was a long time ago. <laughs> um and at that time I was studying linguistics in grad school and I was being a TA in the intensive English program. Um and um I've I've always liked languages also. I've studied quite a lot of languages. Um I lived in Finland and Sweden so I used to be able to speak those languages. Um and then I studied romance languages in school, um French, uh Spanish, Italian, none of which I can speak particularly well if at all. Yeah. Um and I studied Chinese when I was a kid. Oh, but, wonderful. But I don't really speak any of those very well at this point if yeah. at all. <laughs> yeah. Mila, what about you? Hi, uh my name is Radmila Vestcherevich and I'm originally from Russia. I got my bachelor's in linguistics back home and I got my master's in TESOL here in the States. I've been teaching English to speakers of other languages like for 25 plus years mm. both abroad and here and um uh I have always also been teaching Russian uh to American uh learners here in the States. for quite a number of years as well in terms of what languages i've studied other than english i took a couple of semesters of polish back in undergrad and a couple of years in italian which also i don't really remember much now but yeah that's the the, the languages i've been exposed to <laughs> wonderful well that's a very broad array of languages that your team has under their belt here i like it yeah so Uh ITAP supports international graduate students on the path to success in their work as teaching assistants at Cornell. What does this look like on a daily basis? Well, as you can tell, we're a very international group here. And yeah. uh so we we truly believe in supporting our multilingual TAs, which include the international TAs at Cornell, because we want them to successfully meet the requirements the language re- requirements that uh, the graduate school has for ITAs so this support includes language assessments and um two courses that we offer as well as well as optional services that graduate TAs who need it can take the classes that we offer and these all of us are instructors are highly interactive and uh, provide our students with a lot of intensive spe- speaking practice with an emphasis on developing self and peer assessment skills. So that's really critical for us. We feel that the practice that they get within the class um even if they are speakers of the same language, it really just helps because 
that is the time they can actually speak. Mm -hmm. So in terms of our classes, our cl we have two classes that we offer, uh, ALS 5780 and ALS 5790. And each of those classes meets twice a week uh, for a 75-minute class. They're, as I said, they're credit-bearing. Mm -hmm. And we work very closely with the departments to ensure that we're aligning with their needs and we are able to support them in however their students need us. The classes, we have classes, we have conferences. The students have to submit their audio journals on a weekly basis. We also have undergraduate consultants that they can meet with, which is an optional service. And um, we have a Canvas site that they can also access. So that is what a, a typical week might look like. How has your work and your office evolved in recent years? So I suppose a lot of changes have happened in this past year. We went through an internal review. We looked, we wanted to really examine the programming that we offer. And it led to the following changes. We, for one thing, ITAP was brought under graduate programming because we felt that these were services that we offered all graduate students. And so the international TAs were no different. And so this is a support service that we offered. And then we also, as, as ITAP became part of the CTI more, more comprehensively, we developed cross-functional teams across um, the, the, the team, the whole unit. Mm -hmm. And we have, for example, our instructors last year redesigned our courses in collaboration with the CTI instructional design team. And we wanted to make sure that we had a closer alignment with our assessment requirements. Yeah. And then we decided that we wanted to bring back the second course. I mentioned that we had a course. We had offered it a few years back, but because there wasn't really the numbers that we had, we decided, but we had dropped it, but we decided to bring it back this past year. And that's the ALS 5790. And Jody has been key in bringing that back and redesigning it to kind of fit all of our uh, programming needs. So I suppose one other thing that I would just bring up is one was very exciting. We decided to uh, invite members of our community, our stakeholders, to create our ITAP advisory committee. And the idea was to have a group of stakeholders give, provide some guidance and recommendations for how we could best support the uh, Cornell ITAs and um, ensure their success here. Wonderful. So I know that's a lot there, so... Yeah, it's wonderful. Well, it's great to to hear how actively engaged your unit is and the support that you do provide. That is so crucial. I mean, I I'm a former ITA myself and and I remember that, you know, that initial contact with my ITA program was just it was transformative. Um, as a matter of fact, I am still in touch with my facilitator from Alice. I'm also not going to say how long ago that was, but <laughs> <laughs> quite some time back. So um, I really, really appreciate the work that uh, that you all do. So um, we spoke with the director of Cornell's English Language Support Office earlier this season. How does ITAP's mission and work differ from ELSO's? Um, yeah, I'll address this question. So this is this is Jody. Um, so first of all, we just want to say we we think ELSO is a great organization. Um, we partner with them when we're able to, and, and we hope to do more of that in the future. Um, Dorina just mentioned the advisory board that we created. Mm -hmm. So we, we do have a member of ELSO's team on our advisory board and vice versa, which, which is really nice. Um, yeah, in terms of, of how we... Um, 
kind of are alike and different, we, we kind of share the same broad goal of supporting the international students, the multilingual students at Cornell. Um, also, I would say offers a, a broader picture of support. They have writing programs and speaking programs. Um, whereas for our program, for ITEP, since we're housed within the Center for Teaching Innovation, our focus is a little bit more narrow on those international students who are going to be teaching assistants. Mm. Um, so our mission is really to make sure that the international grad students have the language skills that they need to be successful TAs in the classroom. Um, so because of that, our courses are really mostly just speaking focused. Um, the graduate school has set a requirement for language proficiency, and all, all of our programming really centers on helping the grad TAs meet that mm -hmm. language requirement. Um, as Darina mentioned, we also work closely with the department since ITAs are getting support from us in order sure. to do the work within their departments. Um, that collaboration is really important to us that we're working with the departments to make sure that they've got the support that we need. Mm -hmm. uh, but just to step back one second to, to mention also again, we had um, a really nice initiative that we worked on them with this past semester. Um, they had they had been looking into an app for their grad students called Blue Canoe, which is a language learning app that focuses on um, mostly pronunciation and speaking. Mm -hmm. And they invited us to collaborate with them. Um, so we were able to work with Cornell Libraries to get funding for um, about 50 of our multilingual grad students to have a free subscription to the mm -hmm. app for a year. Um, and it's been a really good pilot so far, and we're, we're hoping that we can do even more collaboration with them in the future. Wonderful. That's great. So tell us, what do international teaching assistants bring to a university campus? So um, I think that international TAs really add a lot to a university campus um, because they come from a variety of backgrounds, countries, and cultures um, all around the world. So they have um, unique perspectives, um, and they make Cornell very international, which is really nice for everyone. Um, and they're also really bright and talented students who are among the top students mm -hmm. in their home universities, which are the top universities. So they bring a, varieties of, uh, a variety of skills and talents um, to their research and teaching at Cornell. Um, so the professors they work with are really excited to work with them and learn more about their research or include them in their research. And uh, they also bring unique perspectives to the classroom. So their students and their colleagues um, get to know other points of view and other ways of seeing things. And so that is very good in terms of learning to collaborate with people from other cultures and uh, could even prepare them to go on study abroad themselves or mm -hmm. to work in a global workforce, which is just really useful uh, in this day and age. Um, I have to say, I always really enjoy talking to my international students because they're so interesting. Mm -hmm. um, for example, in the last couple of weeks, I learned about music in Myanmar, um, food and geography in Ecuador, uh, elections in Korea, and COVID policies in a variety of countries. Mm. Um, <laughs> And a lot of it was just really new information to me. So that was just really fun. Um, and I always feel like I'm learning new and interesting yeah. things from my students all the time. Yeah. That's wonderful. Why is it so important to provide support for ITAs on a university campus? Yeah, I was going to kind of um, jump off from where Alice uh, stopped. The fact that international students come to us with a variety of 
this, these very diverse backgrounds in terms of their expertise. They come with lots of talents. They come with um, dreams. They come with uh, hopes and ambition. And um, as they come, come and settle into campus, we want to just um, support them so that they may continue to grow and thrive in this environment, which is both challenging, definitely, mm-hmm. and also ultimately rewarding. Mm-hmm. And um, in terms of our role as the, as the ITAP group here, the CTR, the center as a whole, we want to support them in their professional development in kind of an ongoing way throughout the grad career. Um, and also in this way, sort of indirectly and directly maybe facilitate some cross-cultural collaborations, connections, cross-disciplinary connections that hopefully will endure for years to come. And in this process of learning, I think everyone becomes the richer for it. Mm-hmm. And as a former ITA myself, an unspecified number of years ago, actually at Cornell, <laughs> <laughs> I have so, so enjoyed my experience and learned so much from these kind of workshops and programs. And I feel very grateful to all that, all that has gone into enriching my own experience. So I'm grateful to be part of this overall enterprise and helping mm-hmm. all the graduate students kind of be their best. Wonderful, wonderful. And I do have to point out that none of us are older than 29, so. Indeed. <laughs> We've just accomplished a lot in our short 29 years. I'm actually 27, but. <laughs> it's a very youthful group. <laughs> what did you say, Sam? I couldn't hear you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so now, now I'm lost. Where? <laughs> What new initiatives are on the horizon? So we're, as I said, we have started a few changes, and uh, and but we've continued. We've got some exciting things coming up. Um, we, as we, we we did have some feedback that we responded to, both student and department feedback, and based on that, we have we're making a few changes. One of which is that this semester we piloted um, expanded online language assessments. We switched to the online language assessments uh, during the pandemic, mm-hmm. and we found them to be so helpful and effective that we decided that we would continue that. And by expanding it, it allowed departments to be able to have their their assessment results ahead of time, and the students don't have to be here on campus to be able to do it. Um, and so it, it, it was a pilot, and but the way it's going, it looks like something that we will continue. But that's something that we are we will explore, and we'll see how departments like it, and we'll we'll kind of get their feedback on that. The other big change that's happening is the summer ITAP uh, orientation, which we've had for many years, and um, I know that Alice is involved with it many years ago too. Uh, it is being shifted from early August to later in August, right before the semester begins. Mm -hmm. And this uh, will ensure that students can come to campus when they would have typically come here. And we're making this an optional um, 75-minute to 90-minute interactive session during the graduate school's new student orientation on August 18th. So that's really exciting. It's in partnership and collaboration with the graduate school. We're trying to figure out what the timing is going to be. And... um, we're looking forward to developing this new version of our orientation. Um, this is because we, we were able to offer this because two years ago we had developed a self-paced asynchronous TA online orientation, which we call TAOO, which is available for all TAs across the campus. 
And we wanted to make, we, since we don't offer an orientation for TAs, we wanted departments to have this resource so that they could, everybody had the same um, amount of training and helping them to be successful for the first few weeks of um, their semester. This, we just then decided, and I'm going to let Jody talk a little bit more about this, um, because she's taking a lead on it to develop kind of a more additional materials to add to the TAOO, and this will be focused on uh, what the international TAs might need as they, as they begin. Jody, I'm going to pass it on to you to explain that. Sure, thank you. Um, yeah, so we, we did kind of two different things. We first took a really close look at the existing TAOO, and we looked for any places where we could make some adjustments or add some things that would really um, draw in the international TAs a bit more or mm -hmm. just make it feel more accessible and welcoming to them as a really important group of TAs. Um, and then the next thing we did was add two new pages. So um, the first page is about effective classroom communication. And this page really talks about um, a lot of things that you can do in the classroom to be an effective communicator. So things like using your voice and the way you can pace your, um, your speaking, the way you can use your pitch to highlight important information. Um, and then also how you can kind of structure the way you present a lesson in terms of how you're connecting the information within your speech to really make it more accessible to your students. These are some of the things that we might touch upon in our classes, but we felt like it was helpful for not only our ITAs, but any TAs mm -hmm. to think about these things before, yeah. starting, before starting their TA work. And then the second page that we added um, is about intercultural communication. So again, this is something that we often kind of put the burden for intercultural communication on our international mm. students. Mm -hmm. And we wanted to kind of take a step back from that and think, well, intercultural communication means people from all the cultures are working together. So we really liked the idea of putting this in the broader TAOO yes. so that all TAs would have access to this. Um, because no matter where the TA is from, they're definitely going to have a classroom experience where there's a diverse group of people within the classroom. So again, it's just an orientation. There's not room to do everything, but this page touches on um, the idea of examining your own background and where you're from and where your communication um, preferences may lie and how those might differ from the people around you. Um, so I, I think these are some interesting changes that will hopefully be useful to all the TAs who are who are taking advantage of this online mm -hmm. orientation. Yeah, that's great. And I like how you are thinking beyond just the ITAs, right, and think about what, what those two, the domestic TAs and the international TAs, what those two groups bring to one another. That's great. Yeah, it was really interesting as we started working on it, we had originally just kept asking the question, what do our ITAs need? Mm. And then every time we sort of answered that question, we immediately thought, oh, but all TAs need this, mm -hmm. but all mm -hmm. speakers could do yeah. this. And so we really liked landing on this idea of just providing it all to everyone. Wonderful. That's great. I'm, one more thing I would add to this is um, we, we have been working um, – this semester and again all the instructors in collaboration with our ITAs that we've had uh, developed 
resources, a resource that would be for the departments and advisors to for tips on how to work with ITAs. Mm. And this was based on a request that we got from uh, from a DGS on how to work with them. And so we are we've developed this resource, and it's all on our website. And um, so that's another initiative that we we have we're working on. It's it's up there, but we are continuing to work on it. Mm-hmm. Nice, yeah, that is helpful. Are there ways for faculty, staff, or community members to get involved with ITAP? Uh, yes. Uh, first of all, I just want to kind of throw it out that if anyone has any questions or any suggestions, you're welcome to email us at itap at cornell.edu. Um, but in terms of working with us directly, uh, the first thing, we're always looking for undergrad consultants. So if a per- you are an undergrad a student or you know an undergrad student who would make a good conversation partner to our international graduate students, please contact us. We always offer them some training before releasing them in the classroom. So <laughs> <laughs> they are not going to be all on, on uh, their yeah. own. So um, if you're a faculty member, um, ITAP being a part of the, the CDI, we offer, uh, we, we support the faculty member uh, members as well, and we offer some consultations. So if anyone is interested in getting some you know, tips or suggestions on working with international TAs. They are welcome to schedule a, a consultation with us and uh, we can try and kind of walk them through it or suggestions. And um, one more thing that we are currently doing, we just launched a pro- project of collecting some um, recordings, um, like oral samples from English speakers Um uh, we ask them to narrate some sto- uh, stories or experiences mm-hmm. uh, connected to teaching for our students to use for practice. Oh, so we're kind of building a, like a, a resource library mm-hmm. that our students can uh, use. So Wonderful. if you're interested, again, uh, please uh, just contact us. Where can our listeners find out more about ITAP and your work? Yeah, so um, if you'd like to know more about our programming, about like how our language assessments work, about like what our advisory committee is doing, so um, the first thing to do, you can just go and visit our website. Uh, it's teaching.coronel.edu or just email us um, for some more individualized uh, conversation. Great. This was really wonderful. It's it's so great to hear all the things that are going on in your office, all the new initiatives that you have planned, and thank you for just really taking good care of not only the TAs, but also especially the ITAs on our campus. So before we sign off, we'd like to ask each of you to share a word in a language you speak, you love, you are learning, you want to learn, you have maybe learned in the past. That makes you giggle. What are those words? Who wants to start? I can say mine first. So um, my my word that makes me laugh is alcachofa, which means artichoke in Spanish. And it makes me laugh because I learned it when I was studying abroad. And I um, 
encountered an artichoke for the first time that was not a canned prepared artichoke, but where you had to actually, (laughs) um, you know, bite on the leaves and eat it. And my host family thought this was the most hilarious thing to watch me <laughs> try to learn to to eat an artichoke. So alcachofa is always one that makes me laugh. Nice. Okay, I can go next. Um, uh, my word would be преподавательница, which is uh, Russian for a female college instructor. So uh, my students, like, they always struggle to learn that word uh, because it has, like, seven syllables. It has Mm. lots of consonant sounds. So it's like a mouthful for them, but, like, it's always fun to kind of practice, get through it. It's almost like a tongue twister. Yeah. Yeah. Can go next. Um, the, my word is um, it's from Hebrew. It's called tiftuf. Tiftuf means the pitter patter of raindrops on a surface. So, a lot of words in Hebrew are very onomatopoeic. That's something. Mm-hmm. So I'm even saying it right. But tiftuf, tiftuf. So um, I'm also smiling because I had to uh, sit with much, much smarter undergraduates who actually had, you know, they were there in class and they seemed to understand it so much better. We had to write our own. Um, essay, and I actually was overcome by chutzpah, and I wrote a poem. Uh, <laughs> and in wow. the poem, I used tiftuf, tiftuf, because um, I just thought it sounded nice and fun, and it makes me smile every time at my at my naivete in writing a poem in Hebrew, which um, was <laughs> a, a very interesting experience. Thank nice. You. There's lots of interesting words in Finnish. Uh, because that language is very unlike most other languages. Um, so one uh, word that I really like is sisu, uh, which um, is sort of a combination of determination, perseverance, strength, and is sort of an important part of Finnish culture and uh, identity. So it means you're like really tough, because Finnish people um, sort of prize being tough and resilient and, mm-hmm. and being able to um, succeed despite adversity. So my word is chongololo. And uh, that is a millipede in Chewa, which is a Zambian language. But it is universally known across southern Africa now. So if you say Chongololo to anybody, they would know that it's a millipede. I was part of the Chongololo club when I was a child. And uh, it was my fun (laughs) word. I love the term. It just just rolls off my tongue, and I love that. So when you said it, I thought, that's the word I'll use. (laughs) Ah, that's delightful. Great words. Thank you, everyone. And and thank you so much for speaking of language with us, Darina, Jody, Jayshree, Alice, and Mila. Thank you so much for thank having us. Thank you. This was really fun. Thank you. Join us next week to hear from Sam Sharma. Dr. Sharma is Associate Professor and Graduate Program Director in the Program in Writing and Rhetoric at the State University of New York in Stony Brook. He gave a talk as part of our monthly LRC speaker series on transcending monolingual worldviews, and we will dive deeper into how to magnify the impact of knowledge in academia and society. Until then... Auf Wiederhören! The Language Resource Center is located on the ground floor of Stimson Hall on Cornell's main campus in Ithaca, New York. Check us out on the web at lrc.cornell.edu or follow Cornell LRC on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Speaking of Language is produced by Angelica Kramer and Sam Lupowitz. Recorded by Sam Lupowitz. Original music by Sam Lupowitz, Dan Gable, and Joe Gibson. 
Thanks also to the College of Arts and Sciences at Cornell University. As a reminder, the ideas and opinions expressed on this podcast do not reflect those of the College of Arts and Sciences or any other official entity of Cornell University. We thank our listeners, and do stay tuned for our next episode.